Just do it this way. All right. Gonna crack my cold one. Cracker. Crank it, dude. Black raspberry with two Z's. <laughs> That's how you know it's real. Mm-hmm. Sodium, zero sweetener, zero calorie, zero sodium equals innocent. <laughs> Don't know what that means. <laughs> it's pure virgin La Croix. I love saying it like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Zach used to get so mad when I made fun of his LaCroix. Is he a LaCroix boy like me? He's a LaCroix boy. He's been a, he's an OG LaCroix boy. Yeah. I blame it on my wife. My wife. My wife. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about something. Have okay. you listened to that Taylor Swift? No, and I don't I will never. Yeah. I you know my hate for Taylor Swift. I think she's the worst. She's gotten like, I don't know if it's always been like this, but it feels like she's gotten like the the Beyonce treatment where she can just do no wrong. Yeah. And like if you, if you try and hate on her, like down with you. Yeah, it's bullshit. Oh, so you hate feminism? Yeah. It's like, no, I just don't no, like her. I'm probably more feminist than most, most people out there, but if I don't like Taylor Swift, people fucking hate me. She's fucking sucks. She's not, I mean, she doesn't suck, but she's not near as good as everybody gives her credit for. She's like a college, a college, uh, like art project. Yeah. Her, her short movie. And everyone's like, Oh, it exposed Jake Gyllenhaal for who he really is. If you watch it, it's like he was 30 and dated a 21 year old. Yeah. Also who gives a fuck? It was ten years ago. Yeah, who cares? Nobody cares. Nobody gives a fuck about two celebrities dating each other. I don't. I couldn't give two shits not, about yo, that. No, couldn't. I don't care. You're not normal people. You're not. You're not like us. I don't give a fuck what you want to say. Once you're past a certain level of fame, you can never be like us again. You're not a regular jerk off anymore. Guess what? You're done being a normie. Yeah. Just just fucking accept it and just be a weird celebrity. That's why I like people like uh, like Doja Cat and. Miley Cyrus, because they just fully accept being famous, and like they're not normal people anymore. Like I'm just gonna accept that I'm famous, and I'm gonna be weird, and I don't give a fuck what you guys think about it because I understand that. Like I'm just famous now, so fuck yourself. Yeah, she's down with the people. She's so you know she's down to earth. Who? Taylor. Taylor. Taylor no. can go fuck herself. Yeah, especially like all the Taylor version stuff. I don't even I, know what that is. It's basically they, her record label wouldn't give her the old rights to oh, her music, yeah, yeah, so yeah. she's re-recording it all. That's fine. I'm fine with that. If you want to take back control of like your shit that you wrote, that's fine. But don't fucking make a big deal about it. Just fucking do it. I don't give a shit. Or I, I don't feel put bad a, for a ten-minute version of a song that I liked, and now I'm beginning to hate. Yeah. Fuck Taylor Swift, dude. I'd fuck the whole zeitgeist around her. Uh, I had something else I wanted to tell you. Oh, there, that's a Bolorama Fred. Um, <laughs> I bought that because it was one of my favorite movies as like a really little kid. Yeah, it's an awesome like, movie. Um, we used to rent it so much that like my parents um, ended up just like buying it from Blockbuster. If you rent it a certain amount of times, you can just end up buying it for super just rent cheap. To own. <laughs> and uh, we we did that because I think I was like chewing on it because I was like like two sure and my brother dalton took the d took the vcr out of my hand when we left blockbuster and i bit the shit out of him because <laughs> i was a biter i was a little yeah. kid and my mom came out and she's like what happened and he's like you bit me and my mom freaking bit me wow. and 
That's cool. It was a power move. <laughs> and I like could not look at her. That's I was awesome. so mad at her. I was like, wow. I was, you know, How's like a fuck two or feel? three. How does it feel, little piece of shit, Dylan? <laughs> it didn't feel good. <laughs> and so I stopped biting. Like it, yeah. it, it worked. Props to my mom. My mom is like the least like uh, aggressive person, but she always knew what to do. A Look, master. That's the problem. I think. I think this is going to sound super like, uh, boomery, but just the fear of God is enough to make kids behave. And there's not the fear of God anymore because they're all little assholes. I just see the way they treat their parents out in like the stores and shit, and they're just fucking pieces of shit. And like, I was, I was afraid to even tell my dad to shut up, even in a joking way, until I was 21. I'll, I'll never forget the moment I first did it. I said, "Shut up" to my dad, and I was in the back seat of the car. I was 21 years old, and I was afraid for my life. Even though I knew I was joking and he knew I was joking, I thought for sure I was getting fucking punched. And he never hit me. He never once hit me. But it was the fear of being hit. Yeah. And the fear of getting fucking smacked. That just doesn't exist anymore. You're right. It's, it's I don't know. I mean, I, I turned out okay. <laughs> Do you hear the whining bulldog? Huh? Do you hear the whining bulldog? Yeah, I do now. <laughs> Good Lord. He's fine. He'll be fine out there. All right. I guess we can get started. Hey everybody, uh, we're doing another album. <laughs> Welcome to here we are. Here we are <laughs> off the beaten clef. Uh, it's I feel like it's been a while since we recorded, but we're back again with a new band uh, called Thumpasaurus and their band their album from 2021, Thumpaverse. So so let's get into it. Here we are. I, I think it's funny that I've forgotten how to start an episode now. I have no idea how to do it anymore. And so you get what you get. Uh, yeah, we, we normally have like a rhythm. Like we record <laughs> yeah. on Tuesdays, but like we've been trying to like get ahead and do things. We've done things a little different than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you mentioned a, a few weeks ago, like we do normally take breaks around Christmas just because it is so crazy. But we had a really long lull last yeah. year. And it, I think it was like beginning december and we came back like the end of january Mm -hmm. and so i think we're gonna try and like get ahead and try and fill that space whether it's us recording or you know just doing little things every week yeah i think this is gonna be the first week of december this will launch or drop Mm -hmm. so we're pretty we're we're a couple weeks out from that now so we're not even to thanksgiving yet as that we're recording this so um, we'll be well ahead, um, and I think we'll try. We're gonna try to do at least one more, if not two more, episodes before the end of the year. So hopefully, there's not as long of a lull, but we'll have had them in the pipeline ready to go. So, yeah. Um, and we're still. I think the last episode we're gonna do this year is the the top songs of 2020. Yeah, and I think that's you know if we can sneak one more album from you in there, and then that that would be fine. Or if we just do the last album, we have two episodes in December. That'd be cool too. Then we just take a couple weeks off, and then. Uh, Roll on into the new year, 2021. 2022? 22, fuck. Dude, this is the third time today I've forgotten what year it is. 21 has just been a blur. It has. I, just, I don't even care what year it is. It just doesn't, it has no meaning. Um, but yeah, let's get into um, thump, the Thumpiverse. Not even thump, the Thumpiverse. Thumpiverse um, by Thumpasaurus. Uh, I'll give my opening thoughts first just because I don't, I don't think you have a whole lot of good things to say about this album. 
So I'm going to. I don't I'm, know. I'm we'll start see. It off, we'll see. Start, I'll start it off on more of a positive note. Yeah. Um, so, how many genres can you fit into one album? That seems to be the burning question that Thumposaurus tried to answer with this album. And it seems to be 12. There's 12 songs on this album. It's just at 39, almost 40 minutes. So there's some short tracks in here. I think one of them is like 42 seconds long. It's actually one of my favorite tracks on the album, strangely enough. Um, but yeah, it's an absolute trip, man. I'm happy to... like. It's a trip that I'm happy to take over and over again because I appreciate it a little bit more with each successive listen. Because the first time I listened to it, I was like, what the fuck? And I just, I just fucking giggled every single song that came on. I was like, why, why were you listening? Why am I listening to this, this genre now? It makes no fucking sense. Um, and then I went through a phase where I hated this album. And I think I told you, like, I didn't want to take my notes because I did, I, I was afraid, like, the magic was going out of it. But I'll get into it in my closing notes a little bit. I think that critical listen reawakened the magic of this album for me. Because I started, I was like, I need to take this seriously, but... I don't think that's the point of Thumposaurus. It's just to make you like just do something goofy and uh, like make you feel like it's a dance album for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing if you want to give it a genre, it's just a dance album. Outside of that, there's nothing you can really say about a genre. It's just it's it's a it's music designed to make you move in one way or another, whether it be herky jerky or actual whatever, some sort of like dance, uh, like a strut. <laughs> Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's the strangest album I've ever listened to, but I think that's the point. I think they just wanted to have a bunch of fun at just a bunch of college dudes just doing dude goofy shit. Yeah. If you give them a follow on Instagram, they definitely lean into the goofiness and it's, it's, it's cool. The like atmosphere they're trying to bring in. It's obviously like trying to be lighthearted and like not super well thought out, but, um, yeah, I, I didn't hate it, but there was just a lot of things that got annoying to me on successive sure. listens. And I think Twerp and other bands that we had listened to before kind of ruined this for me because it can be goofy and it can be like kind of a, a shtick, but I felt like some of these ideas weren't fully fleshed out. Yeah, I, I felt I found myself struggling with that too where I was trying to compare them to Twerp. And you really can't because just Twerp is so much more well-polished and they have an established like thing that they want to do. I think... The point of Thump of the Thumposaurus is to just do whatever they fucking want. Like they don't have an aesthetic. They don't want to conduct. Like even Twerp, as goofy as they are, they have like their neon future kind of shtick, like uh, retro futurism shtick that they're trying to stick to. Thumposaurus is just that. It's just thumping something. As long as it's thumping and it's moving, it's it doesn't fucking matter where it goes. And I think some of these songs, if they're going to be pop songs. They need to be more condensed. Mm-hmm. Go figure. Dylan's telling them they need to make shorter songs. <laughs> yeah. But I think a lot of these songs could, if they trim some meat on these songs, I would really enjoy this album. Yeah, I think I think towards the middle of the album, we'll get into it too as we talk about each song. But towards the middle of the album, it gets little, it gets really draggy. Like I, the, the, I think it's hold on, let me look through here. I think the first six songs I really love, um, and then like seven, eight, nine. Yeah, those are all bad. Or not bad, but they're just fucking... They should be like two-minute songs when they're like five, six-minute songs. Like the main meat of the album is the worst part of the album. But it's like because they stopped trying to be fun, I guess. It just is more like... I don't know. There's something weird about the middle of the album that I just don't like, so I I, I skip them every yeah. single time. I, the only time I really listened to them in full was 
my notes listen just because I felt like I had to. But even then, I just kind of gave up listening at some point. So just because they're not interesting, they're not near as interesting as the beginning of the album or the end of the album. So, yeah, uh, I, it should be mentioned that um, my wife Zoe says this reminds her of Frankie Goes to Hollywood mm-hmm. and Faith No More. Yeah, I can see that. There's a there's a lot of there's so many different influences in this in their styles. There's so like there, I, I heard some of the Strokes in some of these songs. There's a song that's just a straight up Prince song. There's a lot of Freddie Mercury in here. There's a lot of like um, just interesting shit. Like there's some rockabilly. There's some old like just the darkness. There, the, yes, there's a yes. I, I, it's so funny because I wrote that. I have that exact note. There's a song that sounds like a the darkness song. It's it's awesome. But there's so it's. I think it's. I think it's at once paying homage to and making fun of those types of artists. Um. So yeah, let's just get into it because we, the fact that we have this much to say about it already, I think, lends it some credence, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, sorry, did you have any more opening thoughts? I don't know. Uh, Zoe had one more uh, comment and said it's a little repetitive, but I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't either. I think it's I think it's fun. I think if you just let yourself suspend your disbelief a little bit, I agree with that one hundred percent. There is some like. Um, I'm pissed. Like that is a repetitive song, but th- there's so much fun energy in that song that you don't seem to mind. And it's not really, I think it's like a three to four minute song. So it's not, it's not like it grates on your nerves or anything. I don't, mm-hmm. It might grate on your nerves, but I liked it. It just made it, me, it made me, I laugh. don't remember it being the one that annoyed me the most. Yeah, I'm pissed. Leave me alone. I want to figure it out. That one. <laughs> I think it's because of the tempo, but yeah, we'll get yeah, into yeah. it. Anyway, let's, let's start with uh, number one, emotional pain. Um, I feel like this title is a warning for the absolute beating you're about to take both emotionally and musically. Um, because it really, the first time you listen to this album is an absolute fucking the mind fuck because you don't know what's happening. I, is, the more I listen to it, there is kind of a um, structure to it, I think. Like there's like a kind of weird spacey song like this, then a more like solely jazzy thing and then a like super aggressive, I'm like I'm pissed kind of hardcore like funk like rock kind of thing and then it kind of flips itself on its head again and it kind of has like three separate chunks like that or four separate chunks um but yeah it's incredibly funky the main instrumental is i think a baritone sax just like really distorted at first i thought it was a cello like a distorted cello because if you listen to like distorted cellos that's what they sound like but i think a berry a berry sax can make that same noise and if you listen later in the album there's like a lot of clean baritone sax and that's how they do most of their bases with the baritone sax so i think it's that um but i love it i don't care what it is so it doesn't really matter um i can't think of a better opener for the strangest album i've ever listened to because i think it kind of sets up (laughs) the the tone perfectly um it's it's great but it's also bad at the same time kind of like the whole album as a whole like it's great but there's just some like stuff that's just uncomfortable. <laughs> that's kind it's, of what this it's eighties pop all yeah. over again. Yeah. And that was kind of my thought was like, this is, I always, uh, we talk about some songs, uh, whether it's songs of the show or songs on albums where we're like, Oh, I like this because it sounds like it's in the vein of, of, of eighties. But, um, you know, Kevin, I'm unplugged his headphones. So we're <laughs> sorry if you're catching up. A bunch no, you're of good. Keep talking. I got you. But yeah, I like things that are in the vein of 80s pop, but not necessarily 80s pop. Yeah. And I think that's where I kind of get annoyed is like, it reminds me of 80s pop and I'm not a huge fan of 80s pop. I hate a lot of 80s music, um, but I think I'm on the opposite end of it where 
I like being reminded of it because I think there's a lot of 80s pop that could be a lot better if it was just like I, I always dream I think I've talked about it on the podcast before where I dream about taking Michael Jackson songs and just taking that shitty drum machine out of all of his songs and just putting like a better either a better drum machine or just real drums on those tracks and just how much better they would sound so and that's kind of what this reminded me of was like a Michael Jackson album opener yeah um and there's really not much here after the there's like a big explosion mm-hmm. and uh it's an indication of this al- album just being weird and sporadic but you know for an opening track um it could have this song went on for three minutes which i didn't realize mm-hmm. i thought it was a shorter song mm-hmm. but you realize like it kind of just repeats itself twice yeah. so i thought like maybe an album opener being like a minute 30 and jumping right into talking about would have been better but you know, like you said, they kind of just do whatever they want anyway. Yeah, and I don't think they're here for like deep lyrical content either. It's like so they're going to be repetitive. They're just I think they're they play around with how much they can get away with while still keeping like a really fucking awesome melody in the chorus for a lot of these songs. It's like your reward for listening to us fuck around is you get a fucking cool chorus with a sweet melody. It um this is a quick aside. Uh, there's a Jimmy Eat World album called Clarity mm-hmm. that I really like. And I had it on a record, and there was one time, like, there's an outro that goes on for a few minutes, but it's kind of just like a mood thing where it's like he's kind of repeating himself, and it kind of slowly fades out. And my dad swings the door open and goes, is he going to say anything fucking else? <laughs> and I was like, dang, is it that annoying? <laughs> but I kind of get it now because yeah. this album is kind of like, can you say something else? I'm embarrassed to listen to this album with other people around because I know they won't get it. Like, you kind of have to be in this album to really enjoy it. Um, which is shocking to me that they have like a couple singles, like because I don't think I would. Well, I, think, I, I take that back. I think some of these would be fucking awesome by themselves. But um, like Strutton, Strutton would be an, an awesome song to be on like a movie soundtrack. Like I just I was picturing that on the way over as I was listening to. It. I was like, yeah, this my buddies would love this song. Like just play this song drunk. But anyway, we'll get we'll get into that. Um, you want to start talking about talking about talking about <laughs> finally a groovy intro I can mm-hmm. get into. Um, there's like a Weezer-esque power chord guitar in the verse, and then there's like these 80 pop cor- 80s pop choruses, and I really like <laughs> I really like the the chorus. I thought it was catchy, and don't it, know what you're talking about, talking, talking about, about if, don't know what you're talking about too. <laughs> like I would love to hear that live because I just feel like yeah. it's it's one of those songs that soars, and like if you see them live and you don't know who they are. By the time you get to the end of the song, you know the the chorus. Yeah. So that is something cool that uh, I had a realization during this song because it was like I needed a couple power chords. I needed to like get get the juices flowing, and this was a, one of the first songs I was like, hell yeah! And um, I'm I'm guilty of like shuffling, and I remember this song being like the one that got me to keep listening because sure. um, yeah. But talking about, I really like it. Yeah, man, it's it's like a late aughts rock opera kind of feel to it um it's it's, it's you got more of that uh like barry sax that bum, 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 bum. it's just really cool all the way through the uh um, verses here and then yeah the chorus is great like i think that's what i was ta- just talking about like yeah it's a little weird and the, the way he delivers his lyrics is kind of weird and kind of like it's not bad it's just very staccato and like it's uneasy for i think for people um for me i love it but i could see somebody listening to that be like what the fuck like but then you get that really cool it's almost like xanadu like that kind of chorus like like again an 80s pop thing but just done by some really weird dudes um 
yeah, man, it's really it's really fucking wacky. But I think you really start to get a sense of the mastery that these guys have, and it's just a bunch of people who are really good just doing just wacky shit. They're like, hey, let's let's do Funkin' anything in mm-hmm. the studio today. I'm feeling like fucking rock opera Xanadu today. Let's just do that. This really feels like it was twelve separate recording sessions, and they just stuck them on an album together, which mm-hmm. is I think is cool. I mean, I understand why people wouldn't like that, but to me, it's cool. Like I I like fucking weird shit so you're talking me into it like the more we talk about it the more i'm like you know what it wasn't even that bad i think sitting alone and listening to it is different than like this is like a shared experience album yeah i think so i think you have to be in the right mindset for it too because i think like i said i went through a period where i just was like fuck i don't want to listen to this album and then i I had to reevaluate the way i was listening to it and i was trying to listen to it like as a cohesive album and it doesn't work that way it's just like you have to kind of just let all of your inhibitions go and just kind of let yourself be lost in the goofiness of it. It's kind of like still woozy. Like it doesn't yeah. fit in like the construct of an album. It's got to be. Yeah. For different reasons, but sure. It's like th- this works as an album because it doesn't work as an album kind of thing. Um, be- because it's, it's for the, like, almost the exact end of the spectrum is still woozy. Whereas still woozy. There was no like extreme up or downs. This is fucking jagged lines all over the place you don't know where the fuck you are in space or time with each passing song so you just kind of have to suspend your like expectations of what an album should sound like and then you can i think you can enjoy this a little bit more because mm-hmm. i like i said every single i just i just found myself giggling every single track that came i was like <laughs> why <laughs> why am i listening to this now it was just it's it's fun it's a fun ride um so if you're done with talking about, let's move into I'm pissed. Leave me alone. <laughs> I fucking love this song so much. It's so it's so aggressive. Out of fucking nowhere, it's aggressive. And it, that's I mean that's the whole song. It's like I'm pissed. Leave me alone. <laughs> Let me dance it out. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then that the chorus is so funny. It's like you won't like me till I've had my dance. It's like it's like it's literally the. <laughs> The anger, angry dance from Footloose <laughs> when he's in the warehouse. Yes, dude. It's ah, uh, uh, the video's hilarious. It's like, and I love the line where it's like, "You won't like me till I've had my dance." It's a play on like that boomer, like, "Yo, you wouldn't like me till I've had my coffee. Leave me, don't talk to me until I've had this much coffee." And I think I just, I just fucking this song cracks me up, dude. I. <laughs> it's uh, it's just so funny i don't i don't know it's not enjoyable to listen to like objectively it's not a good song but to me it just fucking makes me giggle and i think that's all i really needed from it Uh, it's just the chorus is such an odd juxtaposition to how aggressive the guy is all of a sudden out of nowhere i don't know i just i love this song and i don't i can't really tell you why without you listening to it (laughs) yeah It's it's such a strange song. It's so weird. Uh, yeah, we pick up the tempo, which is nice. At, and I think this is the most up tempo song we have, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Um, but it's I think the 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 tempo that the drummer sets, and it's like almost like jazz. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're gonna pick it up and just like see where we go. And it makes sense with the song. Like, I want to dance, and it's. the The little uh, Spotify animation that goes with it. So fun. It definitely looks like the same thing from footloose where they're all wearing yeah. like wife beaters and and dancing around oh, that's, a, that's a clip from the actual music video like the music video is ridiculous is it is, is this one of the singles i would think so i imagine it's got a music video so i would imagine this is a single so 
there's a little saxophone number and then a bell and then we go straight back into the chorus and I thought that was really clever <laughs> um, because there's there's no like real the chorus is basically the whole the whole song mm-hmm. so um, <laughs> yeah um, from 218 for the rest of the song is my favorite part of the song and maybe the album yeah the bassist goes ham and then the drummer hits a solo and sends it to the end of the song for the reprisal of the chorus, mm-hmm. which they do a lot where they have like these big long instrumentals and then they bring the chorus back one mm-hmm. more time. And you know, I don't I don't hate the end of the song. It's like sometimes just how we get there is is tough. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, um and I you know, I wrote kind of like this band is like if a bunch of extremely talented ten year olds wrote their stream of consciousness. It's kind of exact this is a ten year old's temper tantrum. <laughs> Like leave me alone! I've had a bad day. I'm gonna cry. I didn't get my way, and then, <laughs> and then you won't like me till I've had my dance. It's fucking. It's so petulant that you can't help but laugh at it. Mm. So, yeah. Anyway, so track four. Yes. You ready for it? Yes. Strutting with no, no G, just strutting. Strutting. Fuck this song. No. Yeah. I love this song, dude. <laughs> I I it feels like it's trying to be ironic or f- corny, but it just misses the mark for me, and. It's like that, like, it's like Seth MacFarlane wrote this for, like, A Thousand Ways to Die in the West. Sure. Um, But it's like a cowboy bar song, and the the Spotify animation is just, like, people... That's like, from the music video as well. Is it? Yeah. And what's worse is that this song is three minutes and 48 seconds long, and that's probably why I hate it so much. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I wrote the Spotify animation is um, more choreographed dancers and vests with no shirts on underneath and a full a full co- cowboy ensemble out in the desert. Mm-hmm. That was the most nice thing I could say <laughs> was state what the Spotify animation oh, was. I but yeah, I, I'm sorry. I I really wanted to get into this song because I knew you were gonna like it. I, I love it. And it was just like I get what they're going for. I just it doesn't work for me. Yeah, I get it. I think this is a song that I know I would like to listen to drunk and like sing it with my buddies. Like day one, I like your strut. Day two, I like your strut. Day three, I like your strut. Guess what? I like your strut. Like it's just so stupid. I feel that way about the next song. Oh yeah, I knew. I see. I knew you would like. I knew you would love the next song because of the way it sounds. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's like a postmodern ragtime. Like the the piano sounds like a, an old Western saloon piano, where it's like it sounds like ragtime. It's like spoken word country rap, and it's just I don't know. There's something infectious about it because I know I would be able to like put this in a movie soundtrack on like a really weird like I don't know. I just there's something that very movie soundtracky like in a like a weird like independent film like this would fit perfectly like as in a goofy scene where it's like maybe it's like a heist film where it's like. It's like a, what I'm trying, like you know the whole nine yards. You ever seen that? Where it's mm. like a comedy, but it's also a heist film, like a mod, like a scene where they're like going through and like shooting people, and they're like doing it in a comical way, or like something like a, a Reservoir Dogs or something like that, where it's not it's a serious movie, but there's comical elements to it. Like this would be, I think, perfect for that. That's kind of what it strikes me as. It more struck me as like an Austin Powers, like sure in the too. middle, and they're like, like I would enjoy the song in the movie, but not. Sure, standalone. Sure, yeah. I think I think maybe my head can help that a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, it's it's a fun little jaunt. I enjoy it quite a bit because, but I like goofy shit. So uh, we'll get right into high school. Uh, this is almost like a '60s rock interlude or more. I can see this on like a pop punk album for sure. This is like a pop punk interlude all the way. 
Um, it's just a jam about going to high school. Nothing specific, but uh, I feel like this is a true set ender. Like this is how you end your encore. Because I think the ending of this album is how you end your set. This is how you end the encore when everybody's a little too drunk and you're just swaying back and forth and just singing the, what, 10 words that are in this song? When you're going to high school, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's all. When you're going to high school, yeah, yeah. And it's, that's it. That's the entire, what, minute 52 of this song? Yeah, it's surprisingly long. Yeah. Uh, because there is like a little part where the drums come in and mm-hmm. like gives it some momentum. Um, it's a drunk sing-along that, <laughs> but everyone's happy listening to this. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean anything, no, but like, nothing. there's a bunch of keywords that like you just want to sing when you're drunk. Yeah. Um, but if I had to make one critique, it could be like 40 seconds shorter. <laughs> sure, I mean a minute 52 for a drunk sing-along is is a lot, but I never I never skipped it. I always listened to the whole thing. It just it's just it's a feel good like. You, Grab your buddy and sway back and forth and sing. We're going when you're going to high school. Yeah, yeah. There was yeah, no like lead yeah. up to it. That's no. just the first thing they say and the last it's thing they the, say. It's the only <laughs> thing they say like thirty times. It's it's awesome. It's a great little interlude because um, I'll let you talk about it. But I think the next song is probably my favorite. Yeah. Uh, track number six. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. An intro that is electro pop that twerp would be so jealous of, mm-hmm. and. I really like the female vocals in the bridge. It adds like a like another dimension to this album that I really enjoyed. And um the chorus being sung at that like really high octave, that was really cool. And it was like the first time I realized like the singer isn't just like doing all this weird shit because he's a bad singer. He's doing it to be weird. Yes. And sometimes I wish he would just like sing because he can. Mm-hmm. And he's really talented. But that being said, the verses are kind of meh, but I really like the chorus. So, you know, I, I love this song. Yeah. Um, and I really like the fact that the bass is out to play. We are like the bass. Um, <laughs> the, we're giving voices to the bass. Bassists are people too, man. Um, but yeah, I love that it's out to play for the latter half of the song and it added a lot of cool elements. And, you know, track six, I'm not mad. Yeah. Strutting was the only time I've been mad. So yeah, far. yeah. I think that's good. I think that for how weird this album is, I think that's good because. I, I am fully aware that I like a lot of weird shit. And so I do, when I introduced this album, I was like, I don't, I I love it. But I don't expect literally anybody else to like it as much as I do. So I think the fact that you've only disliked one song so far, at least like strongly, is pretty pretty impressive yeah. for me. It makes me feel good about it. Um, Yeah, no, this is the Prince song. This is just a Prince song. This is, you could put this on any Prince album and it would fit right in. It's the exact formula. Where it's like super, like gets you out of your seat immediately. Uh, super understated, like verses where there's not a whole lot of instrumentation going on, but there's a definite beat driving everything. And like really kind of hushed vocals, very Prince like. And then a just bombastic chorus where it's just you, that's what you remember. Like you remember the, the choruses of Prince songs. You don't necessarily remember the. Um, the verses as much, but those choruses stick out. They're like little snapshots in your mind. I think that's why Prince and a lot of eighties musicians, they do. They're so memorable because they, they're, they were so good at writing amazing choruses and like hooks. Uh, so that, that I could listen to the song all day because one, I'm a Prince fan. I love Prince, but, um, yeah, it's just really, it's really welcome after that weird interlude. I love, I love high school. <laughs> but it was such, such a strange place for it 
that hearing something this well put together and this something that you could have heard on like one of the most well-known artists albums of all time like being able to copy Prince almost like perfectly is something I'll always dig so it doesn't matter is my favorite track on the album I think by not by a large margin but I do love it uh just for the fact that I love Prince so mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so we'll move on to number seven. What do I do? Uh, we're now in like a white stripes esque, like surreal rock stomp is what I call it. Uh, there's something super creepy about this way. The way this song unfolds, it's kind of, it's between like, uh, it's like, it's like super fast lyric delivery and it's, it's unsettling, but there's like a stomp to it. I don't know. I don't know, really know how to describe it. It makes zero sense after the last track but this album will never ever put you to sleep that's the one thing you can say about this you'll never nod off listen to it like my main critique with still woozy is that it just kind of fell to the back of my consciousness this this album was always on the front of your your brain like you will never not pay attention to this album because you can't help it um the 130 to two minute mark are just unintelligible noise and screams but it comes back to finish strong like it brings back the main theme and it's like Okay, you got through us being weird again. Here you go. Here's your here's your reward, um, I guess. And this is where the album starts to fall apart for me a little bit. So um, I'll let you talk. Uh, this is one of my favorites. Yeah, it's not bad, but I think there's there's some signs of like disaster to come. The so. the, the fact that the song completely unravels yeah. for a little bit and then it comes back and it saves itself, I thought was like, okay, these guys are kind of losing a little bit. Yeah. Um, but this is the song that I thought sounded really close to I believe in a thing called love. See, I think um, that's the next one. Really? Yeah. I have, that's what I have the darkness is my first my first note. Really? That's crazy. That's crazy we thought the same thing <laughs> yeah. but two different songs. Yep. Um but yeah, I I wanted to hear a mashup and I'm not good at technology so we need someone that listens to do a I believe in a thing called love and what do I do mashup and see if it works. Mm-hmm. Or have you ever been so lucky? Is that the song you picked yes. for the darkness? Yes. Okay, so yeah, either one. We'll see which one works. Um, but I really like the the, the reprisal of the chorus for the last time, and yeah. then um, yeah, that's really all I had. And we'll go right into "Have You Ever Been So Lucky." The vocals and the verses just annoy the absolute shit out of me. <laughs> I think me. that's the point, though. <laughs> it's like Tiny Tim ask if you've ever listened to Tiny Tim, like tiptoe through the tulips. But that's why it reminds me of the dark, like believe in a thing called love because of that high-pitched vocal mm-hmm. it's a it's a cool song with a cool meaning with the lyrics but it's another like um 80s pop chorus and um the vocals get better as they get layered um but <laughs> there's just a lot of things that i hate like the monster sounding vocals sure. to hell with all those um but i i will say this as much as I, it was a slog to get through this song, I really like the last 20 seconds yeah. with the like acapella vocals. And it's just like a nice ending. Uh, same with the last song. You're like, I don't really know, but like the, the ending was cool. <laughs> and if you can leave with that, then right. that, that leaves a good taste in your right. mouth. Uh, yeah, no, I, this again, like I've already mentioned it, like this is the song that reminded me of The Darkness be, just because of the high-pitched vocal. It, oh, it's fucking, I, I think the first lyric is, have you ever been so lucky to fall out of love or something like that? And the way it's delivered is just so funny to me. I think this is supposed to be satire. I think it's supposed to be like cheesy, like for the sake of cheese. But it might not be. But I, that's just kind of what I get from this band. Like I feel like they wouldn't write anything like a serious, like um, emotional song. Like the lyrics would tend to, to make you believe this is. 
And I think they use those kind of tiny Tim vocals to kind of drive that point home. Um, it's it's a it's really show tuny where it's almost like spoken word verses, and then you get like a a very like again it's still kind of spoken word. It sounds like a musical, um, which I think again is here to drive that point home. I think they almost masked like they added all those weird monster layers and like super high pitch vocals to like mask like the most meaningful song on the album. Yeah, probably. They probably were just like, "Ah, this is too sappy. Let's make it let's goof it up a little bit." It's like when you are telling someone something like super personal and then you like make a self-deprecating joke. And sure, you're like, sure. Was I fucking around the whole time? <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I think that's the magic of this band though. They experiment like crazy, but they never really stray too far from a catchy melody. Like they know what they're doing. They know they're so well in tune with how to write good music that I think they do it just not to get bored. Like they could very easily write a very good pop album and it would just sound like good pop. But why do that when you can do something like the fucking thump of earth, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't take anything too seriously except for being goofy. They're seriously goofy. And I kind of like that about this band. So um, next is number nine, Reaching. Um, I don't like this song. You want to just skip it? Because I have nothing <laughs> nice. Um, we can, I mean, we'll talk about it just so the, the audience knows what the song kind of sounds like. It's like a organ and guitar. They gave me kind of like immediate like reggae-ish vibes kind of. Um, it turns into like a psychedelic space trip. Um, it kind of feels like Blade Runner hardcore funk. Uh I don't know. It's 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 fine until the two minute mark where it's just nothing, nothing, nothing for like three minutes, and then it's it. I just my last night. I think it's safe to say I hate this song. <laughs> this is an immediate skip for me. I like I get it. Like they're they're this is some this is something they hadn't done yet. So let's fucking do it. It's just not my cup of tea. There's some maybe somebody out there that loves this, but I don't. It's a cool experimentation, like with the the machine gun sound and like doing a breakdown with that. It's stupid, but yeah. That's the nicest thing I can say about yeah. the song. It's 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 a it's a bridge too far for me. That's that was the first note I had about the song was I don't get this band. No, I, not only any, I don't think they do. And um, it, this song just made me so angry. <laughs> and it was like all the songs up to this point had rewarded you for your patience. Yeah. If you make it to the end, then we'll do something cool. And this was like you finish an MCU movie and there's no post credit scene. Counterpoint to that, I think you're your payoff is arf dog yeah yeah that's true (laughs) but you gotta wait five minutes and 34 seconds for a runtime for a song that is for an album that's what 39 minutes if yeah right yeah so 39 minutes and five minutes five and a half minutes of that is just pure garbage yeah and let's get into Arf Dog. <laughs> let's talk about it because it's fucking awesome. It's a quick 40-second <laughs> up-tempo jazz instrumental, and it just shows off their talent, dude. It's like, sorry about the last song. <laughs> sorry if we got a little weird last <laughs> last night, but uh, wake up, wake let's up. turn up. This is, this is mimosas after blacking out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love Arf Dog. Yeah. I think Arf Dog is a great name for this song because it, that's what it makes me think of. It's a little dog going, arf, 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 arf. There's a little yip yip dog, a little dropkick dog, as we used to call them, because you want to dropkick them because they sound so dumb. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just a sick little jazzy slash rockabilly, like guitar interlude. It's really cool. Like, it's, there's a lot in 42 seconds here. Like, it feels a lot longer than 42 seconds, which I think is cool because there's a lot of fucking notes in here, but it's not discordant or like, uh, it doesn't like uh, it assaults you, but in a very gentle way, in a way that you enjoy being assaulted. 
Is it assault if you enjoy it? It's a it? sexual slap. Let's put okay. it that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. And it's definitely a palate cleanser for sure. I mean, we this because from this point on, we get back to like the goofy fun part of what this band was at the beginning of the album. Now, I don't know how you feel about Space Barn and End of the Night. Space Barn is fucking wacky. Um, so we'll just get right into it. I um, wrote weird a lot. <laughs> yeah, I uh, just write horns, baby. Like, cause you get the like that Barry Sax immediately in this song. Uh, it's like we're back to the fun zaniness from the beginning of the album, and I'm obsessed. I fucking love this song, and I don't know why because it's objectively really bad. Like, it's not it's not a good song, but it's just so fucking weird that I love it. I love the lyric. There's a chicken in there. He doesn't even care because he likes his life and not space, motherfucker. <laughs> It just fucking cracks me up, and I don't know. <laughs> and the whole the whole song is delivered in that very staccato, like I don't even know what style it is, but there's a definite style to it. It's just so stupid. And they just say space bar a lot. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, there's a little outro. I like the outro after the pig squealing bridge. Um, just kind of speeds up until everything explodes into entropy, and I kind of, I kind of really like that. <laughs> it's just, it's just a goofy fucking song, man. For sure. Um, I, I really like the intro to the song. There's like this bass intro, mm-hmm. and it kicks into the weird verse, and the instrumentals are weird, but they're kind of cool. But I think this is the song where I kind of got annoyed with the vocalist because we'd already seen him show off how mm-hmm. good he is. Sure. And this song, he felt purposefully bad. Yes. Um. And he he could be good, but I think he's just trying to be weird and bad. And for this song, it just didn't didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just <laughs> devolves into chaos, like, <laughs> and it like made me mad because it was like this song could have. I don't. It's like ideas in these songs, and I, I don't want to get too far into my closing notes. Ideas in these songs could be so cool, and they just like. Their ADHD brains can't finish a full song. Yeah, I think that's part of the point. We'll talk about that too when we get to closing thoughts. But yeah. It's like 45 second. They wrote like a 45 second song and they were like, how do we finish it? And you're like, how don't you finish it? And then you just do whatever. <laughs> and um, yeah, there, this is another song that runs long four minutes and four 41 seconds. seconds. Oh, it's 41. So uh, almost five minutes, but. Then again, you know, we're getting to the end of the album, so. Yeah, I mean, by the end of it, you get here, so tired of hearing, do, 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 space barn. And then it does a key change. It gets a little faster, and then a higher key change. That's how it ends, is it just, it gets higher and faster and until it just explodes into nothingness, which I, I dig. I think it's funny. Um, I think it was intentional, but anyway, uh, go ahead and start the closer. End of the night. An intentional closer, as Kevin Carter yes, might say. Exactly. Um, this song is probably one of their best. It's I love it's, this song. It's one of those songs that makes you like, well, maybe I was a little too harsh on them. Maybe <laughs> I maybe I didn't hate all of it. Um Well, it's got the same formula as Space Barn, because towards the end it just like it does the same thing over and over again. It gets a little louder and a little bit faster, but it's it's better. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think it's because the chorus is better. It's yeah. not like that it's not like childish. I think sometimes it's, I get annoyed that it is a little childish. Sure, sure. Um, it's the best song structure we've had so far, and he tries to get the vocals all weird in the second verse, but the first verse was really good. And I wrote, homie, you had it right the first time <laughs> <laughs> for the first verse. Right. Um, but it ends with, it's almost like this all was a dream, and he's tucking us back into bed. Right. And I really liked that. Like, maybe he... 
maybe this album was him like telling crazy stories to a little kid to like get him to fall asleep. And that's one of the cooler moments I had with the album was like, oh, like that makes a lot more sense. If you're like telling a wacky story to these kids, that makes a lot more sense than like a bunch of grown adults yelling space born. But yeah, let's hear your thoughts. No, I like that interpretation of it quite a bit, actually, because I think that's probably true. I think there's a there's a nugget of truth in there for sure. Um, but yeah, no, it's a cool closer. And I, I really like the quirky vocals. It's exactly what I love in experimental shit like this. Because I've listened to, not a lot, but a decent bit of experimental music like this. And I always really find some nugget of coolness in there because it is so avant-garde. You can be very easily flip into um, narcissism and just shitty music because you you think too highly of yourself. I don't think these guys flip into that at all. I think they, I think if you, like I said earlier, like you, if you have the right mindset for this, this is like a cool experience for sure. Cause you can kind of be, if you feel like you're in on a joke and I think that's what the end of the night is all about. Like, they, like I said here, there's a little Mike Patton, a little Freddie Mercury, a little Prince, a little David Bowie, and it's all just wacky, but it fits for some reason. Um, yeah. And then the, the chorus is, we're going to be all right, all right at the end of the night, night, night. It's just, it's really, really, I don't know. It's They say that over and over again, but it's just, it's it's really cool. It, it makes you feel, like, comfortable. Like, it's like a reward for making it through the album. Like, we're going to be all right. It's the end of the night. Um, yeah, no, I just, I, the chorus, it's, it's so funny because it's, like, it's very kind of reserved. And then it's kind of just explodes into, like, you're, oh, we're in a chorus now. It feels very much like animal from the muppets um where he just he's forced to play something restrained and then he fucking can't handle it and he just starts fucking wailing away and then he's like until he gets it out and then he can start playing the regular song again and then it's like fuck i gotta fucking play drums that's what this song feels like and i think it's really really geniusly constructed that way um for a closer uh like i said this is the set closer and then they would come back and do high school for their encore closer um that would be cool. Yeah, I think that's perfect. I think because this feels like, yeah, this is what people came to hear. And then the high school was for the drunk idiots that decided to stay, right? So I don't know. It's just a really wacky closer to a wacky album. And I couldn't have asked for like a cooler, more appropriate closer for this album. And yeah, no. Um, yeah, we'll get right into closing thoughts, I guess. Let's do it. Go ahead. I think they have a lot of potential here. Uh, I don't know how many albums they've done. Uh, I don't know how long they've been in a band. Um, But it's cool. And I like... I Generally favorable. is I guess like (laughs) 65% is like... That's better than most for albums. Um, But like I mentioned earlier, I just didn't feel like a lot of these songs were like fully fleshed out. And sometimes I think they lost direction and they would just like devolve into chaos which normally i'm a fan of but if you do it for every song you know you get it maybe that's their thing is like not finding their their footing in a song but um they always get the first core the first verse in the chorus down and then um just kind of the repetitive nature kind of got on my nerves sure um but a lot of these songs are just ADHD manifested into a song. Like these guys need Ritalin. Yeah. They need they need something right. to like temper their minds or something. Yeah. Um but I, I feel like if they tined it up and like they had a little more focus for a next album and they were like trying to do something a little more I don't even want to say serious, but like a little bit more like 
structurally sound cohesive cohesive i would be really into it like a concept album i would be really into that sure um but i think it's hard to listen to the full album because that's kind of what we talk about like how do albums sound all the way through and i think this one's hard because it does it's a neck breaker you're going back and forth so much that it's hard to if you're driving around in the car like there's a lot of emotions going on all the time so uh, generally, I, I really liked it. And if I could put it in a playlist and take out the songs I don't like, I think I would really enjoy this album. Yeah, if I could take out like 7, 8, and 9, I think this album is... It's a near-perfect like experimental experience for me. Because it's got all of the weird shit that I like to listen to and like to challenge myself to find some nugget of goodness in. Um, and yeah, I really... Like I told you before we started recording, I really avoided taking notes on this this album. I didn't do it till like right before I got here. And uh, because it's, I was scared that the music that I found initially when I f- just randomly stumbled into this album and I got fucking super excited to share it with you guys, I was like, you guys have to fucking listen to this. I don't know what it is, but I want to know what other people think about it because I fucking love it. And I was super jazzed on this. And then I didn't listen to it for a while because I didn't want to lose that feeling. And then I started listening to it again a couple of days ago as I knew we were going to record. I'm like, fuck, man, I don't know if this is good as I thought it was. And then when I took my notes today, I was like, yeah, no, I, I, I remember why I've got it because I started giggling again and I started smiling. I was like, this is so fucking stupid, but I love it. And there's a certain charm to the schizophrenia here. And I think, like I said, if you're in the right frame of mind for this album, I think it's going to you have to be in the right frame of mind. You can't come into this with, like with a snobby attitude of like, oh, I'm going to listen to this is going to be a musical experience. It's got to be, you have to be ready to be goofy. And if you're not ready to be goofy, this ain't for you. So, yeah, I think that's, it's another one of those, like, did we spend too much time with this album before we recorded? And I think we, we came full circle. So like if we waited another week, it might not have worked as well. No, I think, I think I needed to hate it before I could really love it again. Mm -hmm. I think, I think I, I, this is an album that I'll listen to again for sure. Certainly songs, like, I'm pissed. I'll listen to all the fucking time because I love that shit. Uh, it's just so goofy and funny. Like, I can't help it. And, you know, I forget who said it, but it's it, there's a quote out there that's vaguely, like, in order to, like, destroy the English language, you have to master it first. I forget who said that about writing poetry because that's what poetry is, the deconstruction of how to speak. Um but I feel that way about musicians too. So these guys are, they went to a music school. I think it was uh, USC music Academy and that's where they met and they started somewhere out in California. I think it's USC. I, if you're listening, Thumpasaurus, I'm sorry if I got that wrong. If it's UCLA or whatever, I'm sorry. Um, but you can tell they kind of met in music school because they're all like just really, really talented, but they're all like, Hey, let's just do some fucking weird shit. Like, cause we're weird college kids. Let's make some shit that's fun to play drunk. And I think in order to enjoy that, you have to understand where they're coming from, from that perspective. Like they're all really talented. You know, you get little glimpses of how talented they could be. Like you said, like you get annoyed because you just want the guy to do good shit. Like, (laughs) which he shows like (laughs) one of my favorite quotes from my buddy, one of my buddies, he's like, I would really like Jack white if he made music that I liked. (laughs) It's like, so you just don't, you don't like Jack White is what you're telling me. But I understand that quote a little bit more now as I separate from it, because I get it. Like if he did the shit that I liked that he, that he, I see glimpses of, I would really fucking like it. And I think that's why you get annoyed as well. Um, but for me, it's like 
people that look at Jackson Pollock paintings where it's just a lot of like paint splatters on a canvas and they're like, oh, what the fuck is that? Like, I see it as somebody who has a master of how to fill space and how color works together, just not trying to be bored. Like, I'm sure Jackson Pollock could paint beautiful like landscape paintings if he really wanted to, but he decided instead to go this super avant-garde route because he didn't want to be bored, I don't think. He's like, fuck that. I don't want to do that shit. It's been done. Let's fucking just spatter splatter paint on a page and just have every single piece of this piece of art be interesting. I think they're more worried about being interesting than being good. And I think that's the beauty of this. And I think that's why I like experimental music too. Because sometimes it fails and sometimes it succeeds, but it's always interesting. Yeah, and I think that's like the last two things we picked. Like my EP last week yeah. was strange and really angry and, and that was a huge miss for me but for you it was awesome mm-hmm. like it's the same it's so subjective like so yeah i, I think anytime it's like emotional or experimental yeah. like there's it's going to be divisive either way yep and i think that's the definition of well i thought i was thinking about this the other day i don't think there's a true i don't think art exists because you can't define art <laughs> oh um you can well it's art is so art is so subjective like it's somebody could say it comes somebody could look at a fucking banana peel and say wow that's fucking genius but i look at it and say, that's just a fucking banana peel but to somebody else it's art so there is no objective definition of art i don't think to me it would be anything that makes you feel something if it doesn't then it's just a fucking structure but if any if it makes you feel something, then it's art. That's my definition of it. But somebody could disagree with me because because it's so subjective. So mm-hmm. I don't know where I was going with that, but it's just me being a fucking snob. No, that's me and you having eight days off and being alone <laughs> with our thoughts too. Dude, long. I, fuck, dude. I I got so fucking lost in my own mind at about five days in of just not leaving my. Well, I did. I made a point to leave my apartment at least once a day. But boy, howdy, did I start thinking about some <laughs> weird shit. Um, it reminds me of the Chris Pratt uh, scene from Parks and Rec where he's like, oh, babe, I'm glad you're here. I was thinking about the universe. Do we matter? <laughs> Do any of us matter? Uh, stupid stuff like that. Uh, but you want to get into songs of the show? Yes. You want me to go first? Yes. Okay. I don't have them pulled up. So uh, my song of the show is, it's probably going to play, Confused by Kid Cudi. Uh, it's from his album from 2015, Speed and Bullet to Heaven. Uh, I'm a victim of, I listened to Kid Cudi's first four albums, and then I kind of just stopped. Well, that's because that's the ones that are good. And I watched a documentary about him the other day. It's on Amazon Prime, and he like produced his own album, or he produced his own uh, documentary. And it was really eye-opening to see how like troubled of an artist he really was. And this song is kind of one of the ones they talk about where it's like he wasn't even like masquerading it between like hey uh i'm having these like dark thoughts this is like i'm gonna kill myself (laughs) and it's like kind of dark but it's like masked in this like cool grunge song um but it's funny to hear his producer talk about this song because he's like i did not like this song (laughs) because the first thing he says is like i'm gonna drive my car off this cliff and if i shoot myself in the head like it's uh madness curing sadness and yeah, the guy's like I, I love that line madness curing sadness is so fucking cool and it's just it's the whole like tortured artist thing like everyone wants their artist to be tortured because that's where they make the most uh the, the best stuff but still like you want them to be okay yeah for sure and after this album i think is when he started like getting help and all that stuff so um it was cool to like go back and listen to this album and be like damn 
that's a dark place to be and it made like really cool art but i'm glad he's out of it you know yeah for sure like i'm glad he's okay but mm-hmm. i love that line so much when i heard it, i was like oh yeah that's cool like not cool but like it, I, I felt it you know what i mean like it made me it, i felt it in my in my chest there. yeah um yeah no i fucking loved it I, and I, I wrote i, I texted you I was like fucking kid cuddy grunge what the fuck um, but it's good. It's good. It's it's something different. I like when artists can kind of step out of what they do and do something that means something to them. And then, again, it's not my favorite song in the world. Like I still like Old Kid Cudi better. But like, it's it's cool to hear him do something that means so much to him and kind of get these emotions out in a healthy way and do it in a genre that he's not known for. So mm-hmm. and do it you know pretty admirably, I'd say. So yeah, it's a cool song. Um, mine is. Uh, Sumo by Denzel Curry from the Taboo album. It's one of my favorite rap albums I've listened to in the last 10 years. Uh, Denzel Curry is one of my favorite artists that I've heard in the last 10 years. He's, he hasn't, he's blown up, but he hasn't like blown up, blown up. Um, he's more well-known than he was in 2018 for sure. When this album dropped, um, it's just really fucking good. The whole album. I mean, he's a super nerdy dude. He makes anime references in pretty much every single song. Um, I just, this song made me like trap music. And that's a huge fucking deal for me because I hate trap music for the most part. But this, the way he fucking raps in this song is so aggressive, but it it doesn't feel forced like it does with like a, uh, um, it really anybody else. Like uh, Childish Gambino is who I was trying to think of when he does the, yeah, man. Like, because he does that in this song too, but it, it feels real. Like it feels real coming from Denzel Curry. And I always just love the song, the, the line in the chorus, uh, uh, you're not my league, you're Pee-wee. Pocket's so big, Rakishi. It fucking just kill, it kills me, dude. There's so many funny little like snippets in this song. Um, but the, the whole album altogether is great. But this is the one that really made me think it was special. Because I was like, oh, this is a fucking trap song that I like. Like This is a special album here. Yeah, I you sent it to me a few hours ago. Yeah. And uh, I clicked on it and it... Like when you click on a text message that has Spotify, it like immediately starts playing it. And Zoe's like... Are you listening to rap music? And I was like, Yeah. She's like, Why? I was like, Kevin sent it to me. She's like, Kevin's listening to rap music. I love rap. Yeah. People don't know that about me, but I fucking love it. So, especially like modern rap, it's something we've had. I'm sure we'll get to it eventually. Um, it's one of those things like we have to find our little niche of. I'm of, an old. I'm an old head for sure. Yeah. Like so, I'm so picky about my hip hop because I grew up in the '90s and that's where the fucking best hip hop is, in my opinion. So. Yeah, and listening to it, I was like. Okay, like you know, I it's hard to trust TikTok or like other places or Spotify playlists. Yeah. Like, I need someone to show me like decent current. Denzel rap. Curry is the best newer guy, I think, in my opinion. So I started building a playlist because I remember you and Tommy talking about it a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to to dig in. The 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 part that sold me on the song was the rada 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 rada. Like I just I was like, okay, yes, fuck yes, <laughs> I feel it, dude. Let's fucking get money. Let's get these pockets big like, like Rakishi. I fucking love this song, dude. It's so good. Um, and again, it's something I would normally hate because I don't like I don't like trap. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's creative. And to be honest with you, like the first 30 seconds is like typical trap. But then he starts getting to like his aggression. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. Um, he says something about Prince Zuko too, which is uh, uh, Avatar reference. So, I mean, he, he fucking references nerdy shit all the time. And that's part of why I like him. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the next song is called uh, Super Saiyan Flow or some shit like that. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I like this dude already. Say no more. <laughs> uh, it's really good. The whole album's good. Taboo. Um, Black Balloons is one of my favorite tracks I've heard in a long, long time. 
Um, if you don't know Denzel Curry, please, please give him a shot, especially if you're having trouble getting into newer hip hop. Like he's the best, I mm-hmm. think, out right now. So, so yeah, uh, check out our songs of the show. Go click on our uh, songs of the show playlist. Uh, it's got everything we've been listening to since uh, fall started basically so uh we've got a decent playlist started um if you want to check out our social media instagram is at off the beaten cleft twitter is at off cleft and our tiktok is off the beaten cleft pod you can also send us an email yes please which are our most preferred method off the beaten cleft at gmail.com uh i really don't know what's in the plans for us um for next week i we might be doing. We might be airing uh, an interview that I'm doing uh, with a friend of ours. So um, be on the lookout for that. And other than that, we might be dropping an album EP. We'll let you guys know on social media yeah. before we do. It really depends because next week we're recording the week before Black Friday. So it really depends on how shitty I feel. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is all on me. Like we're this is a busy season for both of us for different reasons. But for me specifically, I get so fucking mentally burnt out so quickly during the season because. People are assholes. If you're going shopping, don't fucking be an asshole. Like, we're going through it. I promise you. Like, it's not our fault that we don't have shit. You should have fucking bought it months ago. It's not my fault. And it's, this is my soapbox for all retail workers and all, so, like, service workers, firefighters, policemen. Just don't give them a fucking hard time. Just be a good person and we'll be good to you. I promise you. The more you're a dick, the less likely I am to help you. So... Come in, shut your mouth, and just accept that we don't have the shit you're looking for on fucking Christmas Eve, you piece of shit. I hate you so much. Don't go shopping on Christmas Eve, you piece of shit. It's a tradition. <laughs> That's true. Me and Ben would get drunk and get go Christmas shopping. But we weren't looking for anything. We just bought, bought shit that we liked and then gave it to people. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you're looking for something specific, get it this week, not next week. That's my That's my advice to you. It's, it's good advice. Um, but, yeah, we're we're going to try and stay regular, but uh, we'll keep you guys in the loop if we're not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just went off. No, I love it. I never get to fucking address the public as a retail worker. Um, yeah, just don't be a dick. I promise you we'll be nice to you. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. It's, it's something you shouldn't even have to say, but somehow you do. People are assholes during the holidays because they feel some type of way. But it's not. And it's fault. pressure and stress. I get it. But, like, taking that out on people that can't retaliate is is dumb yeah this is my retaliation to everybody who's ever said some fucking ignorant shit to me during the holidays take that one of my favorite things that ever happened we don't neither of us work there anymore so we can talk about it but when we worked at homage i don't know if you were there this christmas it was like one of the last christmases i was there um and alec was working just as like a seasonal like just helping us do stock but i thought it'd be funny to put him up and greet because people ignore him constantly uh (laughs) Some lady came up and asked him for a specific shirt that we hadn't had forever. And she said when he didn't, when he told her we didn't have it and we would never have it, she looked him dead in the eye and she said, you know, you just ruined Christmas, right? Yes, I I do remember that. He was fuming. He was furious and I was crying laughing because it didn't happen to me. So it was funny. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's real to me. It's It's such a shitty thing to say to somebody because... It's not our fault. It's funny to say it as a joke, but to be sincere she is was crazy. Serious. Like she's like, "Hey, you fucking ruined my Christmas." She didn't say that. She's like, "She," but she did look him dead in the eye. And said, "You just ruined Christmas," and was hundred like wanted him to feel bad about it. Like, lady, come on! Like, we don't make these shirts here. Like, what do you think we do here? Like, we just we only have what we have. Like, mm-hmm. get over it. Yeah, I don't know. It was so funny. 
but so so incredibly shitty. Like if I could find who that lady was, I would love to tell her to go fucking kick rocks and eat shit. <laughs> and I'm glad her Christmas was ruined. But um, yeah, anyway, let's end this episode. <laughs> it's definitely been our longest and wildest ride. And what are we at? Oh, just over an hour. That's not bad. Yeah, but still, for an album that's 39 minutes, <laughs> we've been done talking about the album for 20 minutes. That's true. <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep, bye.